All righty. Here we go. So, resetting our relationships. And uh, it's good fun. Not yet, Emily. I said soon, not straight away. Ah, the old COVID safe mask. That old chestnut. Resetting our relationships. So I was up here preaching a fortnight ago, and if you were here, um, preached on Father's Day about the fact that we were created, or we are created, for relationships. Point about sticks and stones, and uh, the fact that the words that we use and the words that we hear do shape us. They don't just roll off, but words actually do cut to us. And uh, a whole deal about forgiveness, which um, I found really good. And uh, I know others did as well, so I found it helpful and just a, an awesome time in that moment. <clears throat> and, uh, and so I thought, well, let's build on that this morning. And uh, it's good to be able to preach two times in the month. I do love it and I kind of feel like can build a bit of momentum. And so this morning we're in Romans 12, 9 to 13, and it says, Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honour one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervour, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Practice hospitality. And I was reading, reading through that during the week and um, <clears throat> actually started reading it, preparing a, a different message that was yesterday's and then didn't go down that road. And uh, there was some awesome things in this slab of scripture that just wouldn't leave me. And... Uh, I love it when I read scripture, there's normally words that stick out, reading a, a verse, and so instead of trying to unpack and focus on the whole verse, I just focus on just the words that, that stick out, and there was a, a few that stuck out in this, and so we're going to talk about them this morning, and the first one was be devoted to one another in love, obviously leading up to... A, uh, a wedding in the life of the church and I was, had the honour and privilege of doing the wedding and so um, preparing a message for them but just being devoted to one another in love as we reset our relationships as a church, as we reset our relationships as individuals, as we reset our relationships in our families, as we reset our relationships right around every aspect of our lives... We've got to be devoted to them. If we're not devoted to them, if we're not committed to them, if we're not putting our time and effort into them, what hope have we got? It's not going to work. If, if I'm not devoted to my wife, our relationship's not going to be very good. right? If I'm not putting the time and the effort in, if I'm not devoted to her and our relationship... We've got no chance. If, if I, if I want to have a relationship with a friend, if I'm not devoted to it and if I don't put in the effort, 
it's just going to kind of bumble along through life and not get to that next level. It's not going to be fruitful. And so we need to be devoted to one another in love. I love Pastor Phil and the way that he communicates over the years. Pastor Phil um, Pringle started C3 Church um, back in the day. It was Christian City Church. And then we've kind of rolled into being C3 now. And um, 40-odd years ago, started C3 Church, which is just phenomenal. But I've heard him say this many a times, and other leaders say this as well, is to choose the relationship over the argument. See, it's so easy to be right, but the hard thing is to be devoted to one another in love, which means I need to lay down the fact that I'm right and let her believe that she's right. Right? Every husband knows that. There's a couple pointing, there's a couple doing these ones like, yes, don't let her see me. But No, but any relationship, right? We need to... We need to be devoted in love, which means we need to step back from the argument, step back from winning the argument to just surrounding someone with love. Imagine if Jesus chose what was right instead of the relationship. Imagine if Jesus chose to win the argument instead of choose the relationship. See, John 3, 16 and 17, we, we read this scripture so often, but for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Jesus could have backed down. Jesus Jesus could have. He had the opportunity to say, no, I'm going to spare my own life. But instead, he went to the cross for every single one of us. Instead, he chose the relationship with us for eternity over winning the argument, which was, they're sinners, they deserve what's coming. Imagine if we got what we deserved. Like, imagine... It, I can't imagine it actually, to be perfectly honest, but, but just try and think about well, what, what would have happened at that time if Jesus was like me and when I'm not willing to lay down my life for people that I've never met. Wow. Like seriously, think about it. I've thought about it this week as I've been reading this and I'm like, I don't honestly know that I could do it. In fact, I'm pretty sure I couldn't. Like people I've never met, people on the other side of the country, people that have not been born yet, and, and you're saying, you've got to lay your life down so that they can have relationship. I go, no, nah, the argument is, let them have what's coming to them. But Jesus didn't. He chose the relationship over winning the argument. He chose the relationship over being right. That's the example that's the example that, that's the bar that's set for us in our relationships to go, do you know what? Whether you see someone once in your life, whether you see them every day in your life, we're to be devoted. We're to choose the relationship over being right. So hard. 
when it comes to families. So hard when it comes to families that you agree with or disagree with. You know when you've got siblings that you gang up on? You know, it happens when you're younger, but it happens once you get older as well. We need to be people who are devoted to one another in love, which means choosing the relationship. As we read on through this, honour another one, honour one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal. Keep your spiritual fervour serving the Lord. I touched on it just before with Brad and Kieran. Serving the Lord. How do we reset our relationships? We serve together. You know, when you start serving together on a team, when you start serving together, we've been picking on the music team already, so we'll just keep picking on them this morning, but when you start serving on a team like a music team, musos, generally speaking, have got egos. Right? Everyone knows. Musos and egos, they go together. But when you come into a team, you've got to lay down that ego and you've got to pick up something that is, well, I'm no longer here playing my own little solo. I'm no longer the loudest voice. I'm part of the team. And I love the fact, I remember back to going back a few years ago now, and Nathan Chester was our music director. And uh, I had the privilege of catching up with Nathan and Ryan Smith, who was a music director at the time at um, C3 Oxford Falls, and talking the whole deal of the fact that in this team, at this church, we have been incredibly blessed by not having egos. And hearing some of the stories from Ryan Smith of where and the places he's traveled around and trying to put out spot fires of people and teams that have got a drummer that just wants to constantly do his own thing, a bass player that's just all about doing just way too much instead of just holding the note, he's all up and down the fret, he's just all over the place, guitarists that are just wanting to go for it all the time, there's singers putting in vibrato and all sorts of weird stuff that should not be in um, any form of music. Sorry, Laurie, by the looks of that, you're getting a few no more vibrato, Laurie. Um, but it's <clears throat> but it, there's that whole deal of when you join a team and start serving together, it's no longer about what I'm doing, but it's about what we're doing. And that's the same on the kids' team. It's the same on the coffee team. It's the same on the welcome team. It's, well, it's a little bit cold outside. Can I be the one standing inside? No. I'm going to reset my opinion. I'm going to reset my thought process and I'm going to stand out in the cold on the front veranda and I'm going to make someone's day by smiling at them and welcoming them to church this morning. What's that about? It's about serving the Lord together. And can I tell you, those that serve together stick together. Those that serve together stick together. When we look at the dynamic of our church, which we do, those who get needle into serving stick around. Those who back off and stop serving, you're, you're almost certain that it's not far and they're going to be gone. 
people who are serving in this house stick around. And there's all sorts of different ways to serve. It's not just on a Sunday morning. You know, I look at someone like Kylie over here who doesn't serve on a Sunday morning. But Kylie has got the biggest heart for people in the community. Kylie's constantly bringing in meals, filling the freezer over and over and over again. What's that about? She's found her spot. She's found her spot to go, with my kids and the way that life is at the moment, it's not possible for me to stand on the door and greet people. I don't know what you're like singing, Kylie, but whether you're an incredible voice or not, she's gone, Wednesday night music practices with young kids is tough. And so it's just not going to work. I could be the best worship leader. Kylie could be, for all we know, the biggest hidden talent worship leader. But she's gone, you know what? For this season, at this time, this is the way that I can serve the Lord. This is the way that I can serve my community. And not only has she done it by herself, but she's gathered people around her, encouraged people to do it, taken them on the journey, and blessed not just people in this church, but people that have never and will never step foot in this church. But they know that the meals have come from people in this church. They know that the meals have come from people in this community. Does Kylie do it for recognition? Does she sign her name on every meal to be like, this is my piece of artwork, you are going to enjoy it. Here's my phone number. I expect a message of thanks and gratitude when you've done. And uh, just all positives, please. I don't want to know that there was too much of this or that. But no, she just does it. Never a name on there. Never a, I want to be thanked. Probably hating on me right now because I am highlighting her. But, but that's what serving the Lord is. That is serving the Lord in action. And so I want to ask you, as I started today by saying, what's, where's your place? Where are you serving in this house? Where are you serving in your community? Where are you serving in the place that you fit, because those that serve together will stick together. Those that serve together, stick together. You can hashtag that, Laurie, because that's better than we're better together. Serve together, stick together. There we go. There it is. Hashtag that, Laurie, with a big one. None of this little stuff. Let's go big. Hashtags. And uh, I don't know, that started a couple of weeks ago, and I don't know what it is, but... Matthew 20, verse 28. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. You know, that very act that I was just talking about was Jesus not just deciding to choose the relationship over the argument, but Jesus deciding to serve those he didn't know, which is just incredible. Not even just serve those who he didn't know, but serve those who disagreed with him. Serve those who didn't have the same values as him. Serve those who rejected him. Serve those who spat on him. Are we willing to do that? Are we willing to go to that next level? Just a question to put out there for you. Reset our relationships. Be joyful in hope. 
patient in affliction, faithful in prayer, share with the Lord's people who are in need. To summarize all of that, I think this next sentence says it. Practice hospitality. You know, if we kind of do those first two steps, if we choose the relationship over the argument, if we get around people and serve on teams and create a culture of serving, we've kind of done this third one that stuck out to me, but, but it is practice hospitality yeah. right from the beginning in the Bible. There's hospitality. Genesis 18, the Lord appeared to Abraham near the great trees of Maim. While he was sitting at the entrance to his tent in the heat of the day, Abraham looked up and saw three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he hurried from the entrance of his tent to meet them and bowed low to the ground. He said, if I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, do not pass your servant by. Let a little water be brought and then you may all wash your feet and rest under this tree. Let me get something to eat. So you can be refreshed and then go on your way. Now that you have come to your servant, very well they answered. Do as you say. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah. Quick, he said, get three, uh, where are we? I've just lost my spot. <clears throat> get three sears of the finest flour and knead it and bake some bread. Then he ran to the herd and selected a choice tender calf and gave it to a servant who hurried to prepare it. He then brought some curds and milk and the calf that he had prepared and set these before them. While they ate, he stood near them under a tree. Right back in Genesis, we've got this incredible story that isn't just about slowly going through the process of hospitality. There's an urgency in there. It's like the number of times that the scripture in here says he hurried. He got up straight away and said to Sarah, quick. There was an urgency in him that, hey, there's, there's strangers, there's visitors. Let's be hospitable. Part of that was the culture in the day where it was almost illegal. There was like this legal obligation to feed and shelter those that came into your town and those that came into your area. But... But there's this urgency about it that says, quick, let's do it. Quick, let's pick up the phone. Let's invite that person over for dinner. Quick, let's, let's hurry. Let's be the first person to, to welcome someone back to our house after church. Let's get connect group wars happening and let's, let's start fighting over people to come to our connect group because we want to be the hospitable ones. I want you to come to my connect group because my connect group's awesome and let's start talking it up. Does it happen? Or are we like, oh, well, it'll happen. Someone will tell them where to go and that'll all be good. Or if they, if they really want to go, then they'll, they'll find their own way and they'll work out who to speak to. And it's like, whatever happened to just being hospitable? Whatever happened to, to getting some urgency about it and going, we're going to do this? See, one of the things we bought a new house a few years ago and we looked at a number of different houses as you do when you're looking to buy a house and, uh, and one of the criteria 
We had three main criteria for our house. I needed a shed. That was a big criteria, non-negotiable. We needed a bigger backyard for our boys. Big criteria. And we needed space in our house to entertain. It was like the other things in our house we can just put up with. And so we've got like mould growing in some of our eaves and there's some cracks in the wall from the last owners that did a horrendous job at repairing some. They took out the fireplaces and seriously, you can see exactly where the fireplace was. It's like... Paint job is pathetic. You want to come fix it, John? Yeah, that's what I thought. We've had conversations about our mutual love for painting. And uh, I've painted one room. Oh, no, I painted the boys' rooms and our rooms. So there we go. I'm up to four rooms that I've painted. Um, maybe only three. But anyway, we'll get there eventually. Not the point of my story. All right, the point is that, yes, we, we overlooked some other things because we were wanting to prioritise hospitality. I'm in the shed. Yep, I kind of had this picture of that I could have like a bit of a have the boys over and we could, you know, have beers in the shed and do stuff and now my shed's just filled with kids' toys. So it's like, well, I need a bigger shed. So um, I'm working on that. But, uh, <clears throat> but what, one of the things that we did was we said, no, and we looked at a couple of houses and went, how are we going to fit our connect group in here? How are we going to have a bunch of people? It's like we need to be able to entertain 30-odd people in our house. How are we going to... No, that house is no good. Just line through it straight away. Not going to happen because we want to be hospitable. Yeah, come on. And I'm telling you that because it's, it's what we're called to do. It's what we need to do as Christians. It's what we need to do as nice people is be hospitable. Yeah. And before we had this house, our last house, good luck fitting anyone in it. So we made a way, we didn't use it as an excuse and just go, well, we can't be hospitable, we just went out more. Or we, my parents still live down here and so we just strategically, when they went out, we just said, oh, mum and dad, we're bringing a whole bunch of people over and so we used to have all the young adults over to mum and dad's place and that was awesome because they had a pool and a heaps bigger house and everything was nicer <laughs> and, uh, and then we didn't really have to clean up too much afterwards. We just left and <laughs> mum and dad came home. No, we were good. We cleaned up. And uh, we, that reflects poorly on you. No, we did clean up. If we didn't, mum and dad would have not let us come anymore. So, um, but, but we found a way because we've chosen, we're going to be hospitable. I want to encourage you today, whether you are living at home with your parents, whether you our parents and you've got little kids at home, whether you have got this little tiny flat that you're living in and you're going, I can't fit two other people here, let alone eight people in my connect group. If we want to be hospitable, we can find a way. If Kieran can go out and buy a bass the day after having a conversation saying, I'm going to learn to play bass. If he can go out, learn bass and be on team within like whatever it is, 10 days. We can be hospitable, right? We can do it. If we want to do it, we can do it. It's not saying that Kieran's like struggled to pick up the base. It was awesome. It's saying that when you put your mind to something, 
when you say, I'm going to do this. Oh, seriously, I remember the conversation that we had. It was only like 10 days ago, so I should be able to remember it. But a fair bit's happened since then. But I remember not so much the words in that conversation, but the way that Kieran lit up. And Kieran's gone, oh, I can do that. And when you see the spark in someone's eye like that, you go, we're onto something. We're onto a winner. And so my heart and my prayer this morning is that something I've said, whether it's around being devoted to one another, taking that extra step to not worry about winning the argument, but to just choose the relationship. Whether it's about serving, I really hope that I've sparked someone here this morning to go, I'm going to join a team. I'm going to start putting meals in the freezer. I'm going to start praying for people. I'm going to start going to connect group. I'm going to pick up an instrument. I'm going to start welcoming people at the front. I'm not even on the welcome team, but I'm just going to stand out the front in the cold and I'm going to just welcome people to church because I want to get something from serving. I want to go and join the kids team. So I want to go and invest in the young people of our church. I want to go and invest in the next generation. It's like that. If someone's got that on the inside this morning from this message, then great preaching, John. That's what I think. Just saying. And if that is you, if that is you, we've got a little card out in the foyer. I think there's still a card there. There might not be. It might all be online now. But you can either, if there's a card out in the foyer, join the team card. I'd love you to fill one of them out, put it in the Dropbox. There is a link online as well if you go to our website. Don't know what the actual little forward slash link is, but you can go there volunteering and there's a link there and you can fill out a digital one if you'd prefer to do that. But do that and then one of the team leaders will get in touch with you and say, hey, let's, let's talk about putting meals in the freezer. Let's talk about well, what instrument do you play? Are you a singer? Okay, well, are you a shower singer or are you a stage singer? Because there's a big difference between those of us who can sing in the shower and those of us that can lead people into worship on the platform. But we'll work through that process with you. And the key is get serving. Get serving. Because those who stick together serve together. Or those who serve together stick together. But it works both ways. And then let's be people who practice hospitality. Let's be people who step out. Let's be people who prioritize. Let's be people who shift things prioritize certain aspects so that when a stranger comes in hungry, when somebody comes in off the street into our church, where they're ready to go, where they're ready to pick up and say, why don't you come? Come to my place. Oh, what are we having? Can we bring anything? No, don't bring anything because I've got nothing anyway and we're just going to have fun together. <laughs> it's like, seriously, we don't need to prepare a three-course meal to be hospitable. It's like, invite someone over and cook them some scrambled eggs and just say, hey, I'm just so blessed that you've come back to my place. I mean, maybe find something a little bit better than scrambled eggs, but, but it's like, we don't need to overcomplicate it, is what I'm saying. We can keep it simple, all right? Pastor Bruce, simples, all right? That word is seriously going to be, I said to him during the week, I said, that word is going to go down in the history of C3 Adelaide Hills and Pastor Bruce's preaching, one of the most just liberating and freeing words that you'll ever hear. Keep it simple. Yeah. Can't remember the date, but go back on YouTube. Go back on the podcast. July 18th. July 18th. July 18th. Go back. Listen to that word. If you weren't here that day, 
watch it because it will set you free. Let's keep it simple. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hey, why don't we stand to our feet this morning? Father, I just pray for every one of us here this morning. God, for every person listening and watching online. Father, I just pray that you'd reset us afresh. God, as we overcomplicate things, as humans, we think way too much. As humans, we love to be right. We love to win the argument. We love to do things on our own terms, in our own time, in our own way. But God, I just pray this morning you would set us free from that. God, that we would choose the relationship over being right. God, we would be devoted to one another in love. Father, I pray that you would just help each one of us to find our place, find our team, find our people, to serve alongside our brothers, alongside our sisters in this house. And God, I pray, Father, that hospitality deal would get on each one of us. God, we wouldn't just be known as a friendly church, but the word would start to filter through the Adelaide Hills and beyond that that mob at C3, they're a hospitable church. Even as I'm just praying that, how good would it be? It's like, go to C3, you don't just get a free coffee after the service, you'll get a free meal. Someone will take you back, someone will take you home. Every single visitor stepping into this house gets an invitation to someone's house when they come. How incredible. Father, we pray that. God, I prophesy that into the future of this house. I speak that. Father, there's going to be people sitting in this service, people watching online that are going, you know what? I can be prepared every Sunday to have someone back. If that's you this morning, speak to David Teagan after. Head up our new connections team. It's like, speak to them and say, hey, we'd love to just be on call any week. If we're a church, we're ready to go. We'll have people back to our house. Any age, anyone, we're there. So how incredible. So Father, I just pray, God, that you would reset us as we just continue this line of thinking. God, reset our relationships, reset our thought process to relationships. Reset the way we prioritize relationships in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Just before I close, we give this invitation every week to reset our relationship with our Lord come into a relationship with Him, to to restart a relationship with Him, depending on where we're at. If you're watching online and you're going, I need to reset my relationship with God, there's a link on our website with a prayer that you can pray. There's some information there. There's a little 
kind of welcome video from Pastor Phil Pringle. And there's also a link there that says, hey, I've prayed this prayer. I'd love to connect with you. And so I'd love you to click that link if you've prayed that prayer, if you're thinking of praying that prayer. We'll make contact with you throughout the week, but we just want to encourage you on your journey with walking with Jesus. But if you're here in this meeting today, I'd love to pray with you. Once the service closes, we're going to sing a song in a moment. But I'd love to pray a prayer with you and pray for you after that and say, if you need to get right with Jesus, if you need to reset your relationship with Jesus today, I'd love you to come down the front once we've finished singing this song. Come down during the song and we'll have a chat and I'd love to just help you pray that prayer to invite Jesus into your heart for the first time, second time, tenth time, whatever it is. Let's do it today. Let's reset. So while we're standing, we're going to sing, we're going to close the service. Just remember, as we started with Waymaker, where is He for you? Where is He for you? He's your Waymaker. Amen.